0: Hey guys, it's Tyler. Thanks so much for tuning in to the podcast today where we talk faith, family, and focus in your life and your leadership. You know, juggling all of these things, it is so hard to keep track. Sometimes our heart can become so restless under the stress and the responsibility of all these facets of life. And that's why I wrote my book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless World. You can go to my website and get a free copy of that book, a free paperback copy of that book at tylerarobertson.com slash restless. So if you haven't done that yet, head on over to my website and do that. Grab a free copy of that book, Restless, Finding Rest in a Restless, world. And with that, let's dive into the episode. Welcome to The Navigator's Podcast, the podcast that equips men and women to steer the course of biblical Christianity in our culture today. Each week we discuss faith, family, and the cultural trends that are sure to impact the local church. Join Tyler Robertson as we study God's Word together. Not many stories in Scripture compel me more than this story. To live a life of evangelism and deliver the hope of the gospel to the world. The story in Acts chapter 8 of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. What a story this is. And I think this story, this small passage at the end of Acts chapter 8, is chalked full of scriptural principles that will help us exercise the biblical formula I hate to really use that word formula because yes we sometimes we get so plugged in and so we st- we try to standardize everything and that we make everything right or wrong. I want you to understand that this is the biblical formula. This is some biblical principles and a a guide rather. Uh, that will help you, some practical things that can help you in sharing your faith with other people. We've been talking about, for the last several episodes, we've been talking about sharing our faith with others and being soul-focused. What does it mean to be soul-focused? We've looked at all of that. Setting our focus, we've looked at the master's focus, we looked at all that. Now it's it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty. Now it's time to determine, okay, what are some practical steps that I can take To exercise the formula, to actually exercise what I've learned, because knowledge doesn't do us any good. If we think, well, wow, I know it's my responsibility to give the gospel, or I know there's people that die every day and go to a devil's hell, that knowledge is powerful, yes, but it is obedience that is even more powerful. And now now it's time to apply what we have learned. So let's look in Acts chapter 8 very quickly. Acts chapter 8, and I want you to look in verse 33. Acts chapter 8 and verse 33 is the start of our narrative where here is uh, Philip, a minister of the Lord, who is serving the Lord, and God commands him to go to a desert place. I want you to take a look in Acts chapter 8 and verse 26. The Bible says this, And the angel of the Lord Spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went. And behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of Ethiopians, who had charge over all her treasure, and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, read Isaiah. Isaiah or Isaiah the prophet. And the spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him, and heard him read the prophet Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, How can I except some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he should come up and sit with him. And the place of the scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a land dumb before his shears, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Of himself or of some other man? Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. And the eunuch said, See, here's water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? We're going to stop right there. Get the picture of what is going on here. Philip, he is at, in Samaria. He is, he is ministering for the Lord. He is in a very vibrant work. And God calls him to the desert place. He calls him to a place of Gaza because there's one man that he wants to reach. Once again, we see God's emphasis on one soul, his emphasis on one. He's not going to let one slip through the cracks. He's not going to let one go unnoticed. And so God, he sets up this divine appointment with Philip and this Ethiopian eunuch. And I love what it says in verse twenty-six. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, "Arise and go toward the south, under the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert." And he arose and went. I want you to notice number one, the place where he went. I mentioned earlier, it was a desert place. Gaza was desert; it had nothing to offer other than desolation and dryness. And isn't it interesting that God calls this man Philip to minister for, from a place that he's ministering? That there is fruit there. There is so much that's going on. Revivals going on. People are getting saved, and He calls this man to a desert place, to a place of of nothing, where there is literally no life. And I think that's kind of interesting. I think we can kind of take that home, uh, practically speaking. Uh, when it comes to sharing our faith with other people, you know God's going to call you where there is a great need. whether where He's going to call you to a place where there is a great need of spiritual life, where there is nothing but dryness, nothing but desolation, nothing that is of God. It is just sinful. It is carnal. And God's going to call you to places like that. He's going to call you to places that may seem, Lord, what what am I doing here? But God knows that there is a great need. Even it might be in your backyard. It may be your co-worker. I don't know what it is, but there's someone that needs spiritual life. They need the truth of the gospel. And you have that truth. And God says... He, Philip, you've got the message of the gospel. You've got what this man needs. I'm going to send you on a journey to Gaza. I love what David Brainerd, the famous missionary to the North American Indians, had to say about his gospel efforts. He said this, he said, It is remarkable that God began this work among the Indians at a time when I had the least hope and to my apprehension the least rational prospect of success. He said, God, there was nothing going on. I had no prospect of success. I had no idea what God was doing, and yet, God brought fruit out of that. I don't know where God has called you, but you know where God has called you. You know who needs the gospel around you, who needs spiritual life. Take it to them. Take to them. Who is the one that needs the gospel? Take it to them. Notice, Number two, the person he was to reach. So we looked at the place, but look at the person. And once again, we're we're, we're grabbing spiritual and biblical principles that will help us. The person he was to reach. Who was this mysterious man traveling through the desert of Gaza? This Ethiopian eunuch, what he was, he was a court official who was from the ancient tribe of Nubia located south of Egypt. He had just traveled over 200 miles to worship God in Jerusalem. And this was most likely, it says he was reading the book of Isaiah, the scroll of Isaiah. This is no doubt he got his copy of that uh, while he was at Jerusalem. So get the picture here. This Ethiopian eunuch, he's trying to learn more about God. He's, he's wondering about Jehovah God. And there's no doubt a question and a search that's going on in his mind. And he goes to Jerusalem. He sees all these sacrifices taking place. He sees the office of the priest and what they're what they're doing. But there's no doubt in, in our minds reading the text here that he is still searching. He's reading through the prophet Isaiah and wondering, and he begins to ask questions, which we'll look at those questions in just a moment. But this was a man that was distinguished. He was a nobleman. And yet God used somebody like Philip, a humble servant of the Lord, to reach him. And once again, that just tells you that God's heart is for the lowly And it is for the nobleman. It is for the Pharisee. It is for those in high office. God still wishes to reach them. And you never know, God may use you to reach someone that has influence, someone that has political influence, or whatever the case may be. He may use you to reach someone who has celebratory uh, influence. I don't know, but all I know is that God wants them to have the gospel too. And I believe this eunuch, he's like many people though. I think he's a picture of many people who are still searching for the truth. They go through great lengths. He traveled over 200 miles. They go through great lengths to find the truth and they're wondering, where is the truth? What? Where can I find it? And let me ask you this question. Who are the ones who bear the mark of a life spent searching for truth and satisfaction? Who are the ones that you know That spend their life directionless, and they're searching for something. Those are the kind of people that God wants you to be focused on. Those are the kind of people that God wants you to reach. I love this, that Philip did not see the Ethiopian eunuch as an annoyance or an inconvenience. Uh, He did not see them as, okay, I've got to go away. At least we don't see that in Scripture. It doesn't imply that he arose and went. He literally obeyed what God said commanded him to do and so we see philip he doesn't treat him as just i've got it i've got to reach another guy or he's it's just another inconvenience another task for me uh and you know i think we ought to have the same exact heart when it comes to evangelizing or when it comes to sharing the gospel that we shouldn't treat others as inconveniences We shouldn't treat others as, okay, this person, you know, they've gotten out three cards, and each one of them's declined, and, you know, I've got my hands full of groceries, and this person still hasn't paid yet, and they're taking forever. And so often we look at these inconveniences, hey, maybe God has not allowed their card to work because he wants you to talk to them. Maybe he wants you to grab the bill and then use that as a platform to say, hey, God's been good to me, let me tell you about it, and literally open a door for the gospel. So those are the kind of people that God wants us to reach. We looked at his person. And then number three, I want you to look at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. We looked at who the Ethiopian eunuch was briefly. But then I want you to look at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit for us, for a Christian, for a disciple of Jesus Christ it is he is our guide he is our commander in chief he is the one that is to call the shots and he's the one that pricks our heart and says hey go witness to that person hey go give that person a gospel tract listen to the words of the holy spirit he says go near and join god spoke to the heart of philip and prompted him to join himself with this man in the chariot and philip he could have easily said no he could have given a thousand excuses as to why he couldn't speak to the man, but the, the scriptures doesn't allude to that at all. All that we know is that he obeyed the Holy Spirit, and we got to understand that that he's the Holy Spirit. He's our eyes and our ears when it comes to evangelism. So he is the one who sees the need. We may not see the need. We may not see the the lack of spiritual life. We just may see someone who's in hunger. But yet, God sees things through a different perspective than we do. He sees what people truly need. Isn't this all what the ministry of Christ was all about, right? He always saw the heart. And if we're going to be an effective soul winner for Jesus Christ, we've got to learn to listen to that voice of the Holy Spirit that says to us, go ye into all the world. We've got to learn to listen to his voice. We've got to learn to say, okay, Lord, if you tell me to give a gospel tract out, I'm gonna I'm gonna commit to you right now that I'm going to do it, no matter how hard the situation may be. We've got to learn to listen to His prompting. So we've looked at the person, we've looked at the place where He was called, He looked at the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Now let's look at the preparation of the divine appointment, and that's exactly exactly what this uh, drama was. This little story. It was a divine appointment. It was not something just whimsical. It was not something on accident. This was a divine appointment that God had orchestrated beforehand. And I think it's amazing how he was already, God was already working in the Ethiopian's heart well before he ever spoke to Philip. That's so many times what happens when you give the gospel someone's else, someone else, you don't know the backstory oftentimes. You don't know that God has already been working in their heart, or maybe two weeks prior, someone already gave them a gospel track and God is working in their heart for salvation, and then you come along and confirm what they've just read in that gospel tract. Right? You don't know the preparation that God is doing on the back scenes, and I guarantee you, He is doing something. Behind the scenes, he is doing something that is noteworthy. He is doing something in their heart to prepare them. You may, you, you, you never know. You could be knocking on the door of someone who have just received bad news about their health, or you may be knocking on the door of someone who just lost a loved one. I can't tell you, I can think of a gentleman right now. I went and visited him, and he just lost his brother. And several years ago, he lost his wife and now and one of his daughters is is not in good health i I mean just a man that was just torn and just beaten and he was heavy burdened and i came at a good time i came when god told me to go and that was such a good time for him because it showed him that god cared and we were able to pray with him and to be an encouragement to him so you never know what god is doing behind the scenes And by the way, I think it's also noteworthy that God was working in the Ethiopian's heart using his word. I think that's so amazing. A practical thing when it comes to soul winning is get the word of God in their hand. If you don't do anything else, get that little piece of paper that's got the word of God. Get it in their hands. I usually, and I usually insist with certain people. I usually insist. When I knock on the door, you know, they say they don't want it. If they don't want to have anything to do with what I'm trying to say, uh, then I will tell them, "Okay, uh, well, I've got this little piece of paper. I've got a little pamphlet. It's free. Can you take it? Or hey, this is free. I'll give it to you anyway." And I, I try to get that into there. Well, hey, I know you're. I see that you're busy. I understand? Can I leave this on your door? That kind of thing. And I try to do it in a polite way. I don't want to shove it in their face. I don't want to throw it at them. I don't want to litter. I don't want to put it in their mailbox because that's a felony in many states. I don't want to do those things uh, that that's intrusive, but I want to get the gospel in their hands. Because here's the wonderful thing well, about that little piece of paper is that it preaches when you're not there. Yeah, It preaches when you go home. And you've already given your spill, or you didn't even get to talk to them, but they open that paper because they're curious. Or they do what my Sunday school teacher used to do or did before he got saved. He had that track on his dresser for two years. Two years. Think about that. He had a track on his dresser for two years. He crumpled it up, he would throw it down, but occasionally he'd pick it up, he'd read it, and it was all tattered and torn. And one night, God, it, ground finally broke. God got a hold of him, and he knelt right there in his room, got saved. It's an amazing thing, okay? The gospel, the word of God, it preaches for itself. So if nothing else, get the word of God in their hands. That's why our church is so big on giving to ministries that copy the scriptures and that uh, translate the scriptures is because after we're dead and gone, the scriptures are still here, the truth is is still here. Why do you think that there's so many uh, cultish groups in human history that have risen and that have attacked Christianity? What's one of the first things that they do? They take Christian writings and scriptures and Bibles. They take them to town town halls and they burn them. Why are they doing that? Because they're trying to snuff out all the truth that they possibly can. And that is why it's important to get the gospel into their hands, get the word of God in their hands. And we see the word of God at work here in this Ethiopian eunuch's heart. Thanks so much for joining our study of Soul Focus. That was part one of exercising the biblical formula. We're going to continue this next week. There's just so much information there. I don't want to overload you. And there's just so much good stuff, I think, in Acts chapter 8. So we're going to continue this next week. Tune in next Thursday. It will be live in the morning. So when you wake up, it'll be there to greet you part two of Exercise the Biblical Formula. We'll see you then. Thank you for listening to The Navigator's Podcast. Visit tylerarobertson.com and subscribe to our readers group for helpful articles, podcast updates, and book releases. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you want to read more articles, listen to more podcast episodes, or find more resources, you can go to tylerarobertson.com. tylerarobertson.com and subscribe to all of that. We would love to have you as a part of our community as we grow in our faith, family, and leadership focus.